0: This episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast is sponsored by Fermented Adventure. I am so glad that I have my shirt picked out already for Halloween. You do? Yes, and you can find it on Fermented Adventure under merchandise. It's our new Halloween release. Woo!
1: Are you talking about, Are you I'm talking just here for the I'm bruise?
0: I am just here for the brews. This is the perfect shirt to go to Halloween events Wear to your brewery around town. You are in costume. You're ready to go.
1: And the great thing about this shirt is it's long sleeve and it's not just for Halloween.
0: You can wear this anytime, right? Absolutely. Not just that, but we have other merchandise.
1: And we also have tags, tees, hoodies, and sweatshirts.
0: Lots of items on our website. How do people find our website, Dawn?
1: They go to formattedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab.
0: Click on the apparel tab. And they'll find I have mixed drinks about feelings and may contain whiskey and what else?
1: We also have our Fermented Adventure logo shirt and alcohol is the solution.
0: So if you're still stumped about what you're going to wear for Halloween, check out our merchandise, look for this shirt, and you will be fashionable for this Halloween. And people will say...
1: You listen to Fermented Adventure, the podcast too?
0: Exactly.
1: Cheers! Cheers.
0: You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guests. He's Todd Collins. He's Alan Fissenmayer. I'm Rich Shane. This is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. And today, we're going to do something crazy and off the wall. And we're going to talk about the fascinating world of insurance. I'm here with HMK Insurance. Todd and Alan, welcome to the
1: podcast. Thank you. Welcome. You know, I I love the welcome. I love the intro. Love the energy. Thank you for having us. Well, I'm excited with getting- as passionate about insurance
2: as you are. So (laughs) this is going to be
0: great. This is going to be so much fun. So Todd and Alan, we're talking insurance today- why don't you share with the listeners, we're going to talk about why this is important and we're going to talk about as it applies a lot to the spirits, the mead, cider, wine, brew, all those, all those businesses. How did HMK Insurance get
2: started? So HMK actually is an agency that's located in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We started in 1914. Um, so we've been a, a proud fixture in the Lehigh Valley and Bethlehem in Pennsylvania for over a hundred years. Really our focus on the craft beverage industry happened in the mid 1990s when our now current president, Tim Kurtz, um, brought on some local breweries and did such a fantastic job that when I started here about nine years ago, um, I built on that and uh, we've now have a book of business that's close to 70 clients related in the craft beverage industry, all across the Mid-Atlantic, actually a few in Texas, um, as well as Virginia and DC. Um, So it's been a passion of mine, um, something that my colleague Alan here too is also passionate about. And so we're just looking to connect with breweries, distilleries, wineries, anyone in the craft beverage industry that either needs or already has insurance
0: what is it about the insurance and why specifically those in the craft beverage, craft brewing industry, that this has become your niche?
2: It's a great question. Um, so for me, uh, the reason I love it is because insurance at its best as a professional is a relational industry. And when you consider the craft beverage industry and the reason why it's grown um, and thrived and flourished is because the best craft beverage makers realize that they've made it that. it's all relational. Um, I, I consider you know, every tasting room that exists now as you know, everybody's local bar, that's what it's turned into. Um, it's it's where you're known, you have a chance to meet the owner or someone that's actually brewing the beer. It's an amazing experience. So for me to get involved in that, if you get to choose who you work with, you know, the alcohol to me is kind of like the icing on the cake. It's more about the relationship and being
1: involved with great people. And I'll go the opposite and look at me. I just look like a cake. <laughs> I have a barrel of beer right here. So realistically, I mean, it, it is a passion. I love my beer, I love my drinks. Um, why would I wanna go anywhere else if I can stay in an industry and make a business on things I love? Uh, going in into a distributor, into a, into a brewery, looking at it, being able to make that your life, oh, you can't beat it. It's, it's the best thing in the world.
0: When you speak with these owners, these entrepreneurs, these small business owners that you get to meet, what are some of the things that you talk to them about? What are some of the items that maybe they don't think about that you can put them on the right path? Because at the end of the day, insurance is defensive, right?
2: Yeah. Well, um, and actually I love that you put it in that way because when, when it's needed, it is defensive, but the best insurance program and the best advising you can get from an agent is actually proactive. So insurance as a product and a program that you need to purchase as a, as a craft beverage maker, owner, distributor, or whatever it might be, you're setting a plan in place to protect your financial future. So as you're considering, what you need, the insurance product is really a financial vehicle. And you're saying, all right, there's all these potential exposures like liquor liability. Do I, am I serving people on my premise or am I primarily distribution? Do I have a commercial kitchen or do I invite the food trucks in? You know, am I going to festivals or am I just staying put? Um, All of these things are part of what that business owner is doing. And each one of those attributes of that business Creates a different exposure that needs to be paid attention to. Thinking about that
0: as you go into a business with all those different vehicles of open liability, I guess is the best way to say that. I'm just starting out. How do you guide me? How do you take me through that process in a way? So at the end of the day, I can put my head on the pillow and focus on the craft and not have to have those things in my head and those kind of interrupt my peace of mind.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I, I, I would say the first thing you need to do is educate. You have to sit down with that business owner and you need to educate him on all the different programs that are out there. They have to understand what you can offer them, what you can't offer them, what they have to retain as their own risk or what you can wind up covering for them. I mean, if you can educate them, then they have the ability to make their own choices and you are truly in an advisory role at that point in time. Because I don't think most of these business owners really understand all of the liability that's out there, all of the different risks that they involve. And then when you sit down and have that conversation, they go, whoa, I didn't even think about that. Well, Oh, we got to talk about that. So I think those are the big things, the education. I mean, talk and talk about the real technical side of it, but I think educating them and making sure they know everything about their process and where all their potential risks are.
2: Absolutely. No, Alan, that's a fantastic point because I feel like our job as insurance agents and and crafters of insurance programs is to really help our clients and potential clients to be well informed buyers of insurance. Um, So, you know, there's not always the right fit, but my goal every time I interact with an owner is to make sure that i've left them with something from an educational standpoint that they understand whether they choose to purchase from me or not is they understand a better way to buy insurance for their business if i've done that i've done the core i've done 80 percent of my job the last part of it is you know if we decide together between me and Alan and the business owner, that it's the right fit to, to work with HMK, that's the last 20% that we focus on.
0: Now, Alan, we met at MeadCon in Baltimore, MeadCon 2022. We had the opportunity to talk a little bit. When you introduced this to me, besides that fantastic mallet, which uh, which I'm, I'm so grateful to have now because it's helping me with all my little uh opportunities to fix some things uh, around the house. And uh, Dawn loves it because it's our, our little uh, protection system in case there's an intruder. When, when we met there, we had a little bit of a, you know, you were introducing things to me that I'm like, I didn't even think about. When, when you think and you talk to you know, like the, the craft mead industry. You're really talking to people that are more artisan and they're not necessarily overall business owners. They may be scientists. They may come from a brewing background. They may come from, hey, I, I just started this idea of making mead and it was a hobby. People told me I love it and uh, or they love it. And now it's, a, it, it's becoming, well, I want to do a business. Hone down a little bit on on that. Hey, I'm just starting a business that craft side of those conversations you're having with those business owners.
1: Well, I mean, you have to really start talking about the equipment. You have to start talking about, you know, the barrel agent. You have to start talking about all the different things that they're doing. They're looking at it as I make mead, I sell mead, I want to get it out there. But you also then have to look at what happens if during their process, their product gets contaminated. They're liable. They have great liability just like a restaurant does when you get into, you know, food contamination, food poisoning, things along those lines. They have to be aware of that. I don't think guys or girls who own the business are thinking in that end. They're thinking as, hey, I love mead. I wanna wanna make it. I wanna brew it. I wanna give it to people. I wanna sell it. I wanna get everything going that needs to happen. So, you know, you just have to go into what are all the simple risks? Slow down your passion and let's look at each individual step and where does that put you in a risk factor?
2: You know, one of the things, yeah, that's great, Alan. One of the things that I think happens when you go from, hey, I'm making something that someone loves and now I want to take it to the next level is I know what happened to me even before I. Was in the insurance industry as a personal consumer of insurance. We're used to the the home and auto and the associated liability, and you just think I buy that and I'm good. I'm covered. So when you jump into the commercial realm and you've decided that you're going to do something that now you know requires a liquor license. You know you've got to you know maybe sign a lease or build a building, fit it out. All those things. Commercial insurance is way more in depth. Um, you need to, like Alan was describing, pull back a little bit and, and have these important conversations with your insurance agent to say exactly you know, how you're functioning so that agent can help you, that we can help you say, all right, well, based on the fact that you're doing this, you actually need this specific insurance product. So it is really every time a tailor-made, insurance program for the actual client. From what you're saying,
0: and what oh. really resonates with me is that this specifically is a product that with your expertise, you don't want to just go. I mean, and, and again, I think this sets you apart. That this is your niche. This is the area that you know very well. If you're a craft distiller brewer, if this is something that that's next level, or if you're moving to, let's say, expanding your operation, or you just want to know, do you have enough coverage? My my thoughts in my head and hearing what you're saying is, this is the niche business. This is the niche insurance company. HMK is where you want to go because not to disparage those other insurance companies, but down the road, they may not be aware of all the pitfalls, all the areas where I didn't even think about that. I think that's that's
2: that's probably what sets you guys apart. Would 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 that be your thoughts as well? Well, we certainly would hope that that's the case. I mean, that's that's how we look at it. I mean, we're very proud of what we've done, what we've built, um, and the influence we've been, you know, uh, fortunate to have in the industry over the past nearly thirty years. You know that we've we've started with those that are taking that leap from garage to you know, uh, production facility, commercial production facility, and then also grown with those that are now in different states and, and distributing outside of their original region. And yes, to have an agent and an agency that is able to, to grow with you as much as you are looking to and able to grow, that's huge. I am actually, I was just thinking, as you're saying this, I'm, I'm gonna be on a call Um, with some of our counterparts um, from our national agency that we formed in 2017 um, because they just reached out and said, hey, we're about to, you know, jump into an entirely new opportunity with Brewery Restaurant, and uh, we'd like you to give us some of your background and understand that. So, you know, I'm working on a national level to help not only my clients here locally in the Mid-Atlantic, but also um, other agents that we're connected to across the country.
0: What's really exciting to me is being a part of watching all these craft industries, all these craft segments grow, and you're growing with them. That new challenges for you, new challenges for them help you get better, it helps them become more aware. You said a whole bunch of things today that I can probably expect that there are a lot of people that never really thought of, oh, wow, you mean I, I, I need to find out if they're covered, if I'm covered, if we change our business model that, you know, it's it's not just relying on, all right, well, what happens if the food truck comes? Do we need insurance to have for the food truck? Uh, if we have somebody that's doing, you know, I, I think some of the, you know, Craft businesses—they'll do something like a little um, craft fair. Well, they'll bring in other artisans. Yeah. Do, do I, you know, what questions, you know, could I be asking about that? There's, there's, they're endless. And you guys live in that every day. I, I think that brings comfort for those that are engaging with you to know that I've got these people. I've got Alan and Todd and the whole gang that are going to be behind me to make sure I'm doing it right from the insurance standpoint.
1: And, and Rich, I think there's a pretty good story It happened yesterday to us. It doesn't involve craft beverage, but we were actually in a restaurant, and and Todd made a point to the owner yesterday. This uh, this business owner has a wall, and she allows artists to put up all their paintings and put everything up on the wall, and allows them to you know advertise and sell. She doesn't charge them anything from you know from it. Todd looked at her and goes, "Who's responsible for the paintings? What if they get damaged?" What happens if somebody accidentally pours something on them, rips them, tears them, and the business owner was taken back? And those are like a perfect example of what business owners aren't thinking about, even the craft beverage. You know, what happens if you get big enough that you're actually brewing a beverage for someone else? It's under their label, but you brewed it. Are you covered? Are you not? Are you under their insurance? What's their liability going to be? What's your liability? And people don't think in these regards. And the reality of it is, that's what we do. We think in those regards, and then we try to teach them, this is what you have. This is what you don't have. And this is what we need to get you.
2: I was just going to say, besides the example, the further explanation of what's happening in the industries, certainly in the last 10 years, um, contract production is massive. And it is probably the one thing, and you know, again, experience for better or for worse that I have gone through. Um, the contract production relationship is really, really important to manage. Contract, you know, the legal setup always first, but then how is the insurance responding and interacting with that contractual relationship to make sure that both parties, are doing what they need to. And, and then as soon as they don't, <laughs> there's something to fill the gap and make both of them or at least one of them whole. You've introduced so much knowledge
0: and awareness in the last few minutes. I hope people really, if you, again, if you're a craft home brewer or you're taking the next step or growing your business, you know, this is a call or an email or whatever you should be doing just to make sure give you peace of mind to know that you got people that know their stuff. So if people want to get a hold of
2: you, how do they do that? Uh, that's a great question. So we're, we're accessible <laughs> just like anyone else, phone calls, emails through our website. Um so our office phone, and uh, again, we work nationally, so don't worry about uh, making a call into Pennsylvania. We'll still pick it up. Um, it's Our office phone is 610-868-8507. Ask to speak to either Alan or myself. Um, you know, both of us will be able to, to help you initially and then guide you in the right direction as necessary. Um, emails, uh, T. Collins. At hmk-ins.com, and
1: mine is A Fiznmayer, and mayor is P F I Z E N M A Y E R. So it's A Fiznmayer at hmk-ins.com. Hopefully, you guys are going to have to
0: bring on more staff now to field the <laughs> slew of calls that are going to be coming out uh, with people that are curious, interested, and need to know more. Todd, I cannot let this go. With yeah. a name like Todd Collins, <laughs> talk about your experiences. You said you love the craft industry or, your, you know, the beverage industry. You know, talk about some of that experience that you bring to the table from the consuming side.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, so, you know, as I was growing up um, and, you know, got closer and closer, you know, to drinking age, um, you know, and someone would say, Todd Collins, didn't your parents mean to name you Tom Collins? And so I ha- finally, I got that enough that I I had to come up with some type of response. So it's this, as cheesy as it is. No, I'm not Tom Collins, but I'm just as refreshing. So, wah, wah, you know, there you go. So that was that. I, I, I <laughs> never really do music
0: or any kind of sound effects into our podcast, but I'm, I'm going to have to learn how to do maybe, that now. <laughs> maybe you got to pull that in.
2: But for me, you know, part of um what got me excited before you know being in the industry and supporting the industry of craft beverage that that just got me excited about craft beverages was just simply the variety and i think anyone that has jumped you know made a reasonable jump from you know the from big beer um coors bud miller's you know whatever it might be, and actually tried something with a little bit of taste, you're like, wrap, this is what alcohol can be? Like, <laughs> so I just remember actually for me, it was a magic hat number nine and somewhere close around there, a dogfish, 60-minute uh, IPA, that my mind was blown and, and I just became a lover of, of craft beverage not because I had a style that I was going after and still even now I'm not a a snob about it. I just simply love the variety. I love tasting new things. And just the fact that, you know, I think Rich, you even mentioned it earlier is that um, they're really like, it's like art, Um, you know, to find someone's art and be able to taste it. And then, you know uh, just, be able to share it with friends and, and uh, uh, you know, at a party, whatever it might be. It's just a wonderful, wonderful experience. How about for you,
0: Alan, what was your introduction to the beverage industry and what you bring uh, to to, to that with your experience?
1: So initially I drank for volume. (laughs) Um, That was, that was my initial goal. You know, when I was young, I, I didn't care. You drank, you drank whatever garbage they had in central Pennsylvania growing up, you know, and and while you're you're, uh, refining your palate, you know, we were drinking the cheapest of the cheap because you needed to get it. And that's what it was. And then as I got a little bit older and more refined, you start realizing, well, I'm not drinking for volume anymore. Why am I drinking? Now it's about the taste. Now it's about enjoyment. Now it's about refining that palate to, holy cow, there is other beverages out here, and they don't taste like crap. Um, and you can sit down and actually enjoy a beverage. Um, I hope I don't offend anyone when I say this, but like, I don't sit down and have those big, you know what we'll call them the large manufacturer beers for enjoyment. They're, they're there for golf trips. They're there for boating trips. They're there for the beach when you need volume. But when you want to sit down and have just a beer or two, get something you can enjoy. And when you can get into these craft breweries who have a specific niche, and I don't I don't care. I go anywhere from a, a heavy black porter all the way down to a light beer or or even a, a, an ale or, or, or some kind of You know, beautiful cream ale that's getting made now up in uh, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, by the way. We'll give a quick shout out to them. Brand new uh, brewery up in Jim Thorpe uh, makes a wonderful cream ale. Just had a beer fest here in Allentown. But that's just it. Just being able to enjoy the different flavors and having something that you actually
0: like to taste. You genuinely are interested in what people are making. And from that standpoint, that gets you even deeper in wanting to help that business and they be successful. Because if you love what they make or you're enjoying what they make, then this is you're a fan. You want to see them do well. You don't want to see them in harm's way. That's something to me for all the things that we talk about sets you apart. You love the craft industry. You love the beverage industry.
2: You love helping people be, be protected, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Because yes, I take, I mean, with all of my clients, whether in the craft beverage industry or not, but definitely within the craft beverage industry, I take that on very personally, you know, that I have linked arms with you as part of the support of your business um, to protect your financial future, and that your success is the most important thing. And that's part of the reason why as over specifically the last nine years that um we've built a deep relationship with the association the state association of pennsylvania um with the craft brewers association as well as the the distillers guild winery association and brewers association in maryland um, that we we sponsor them we support their events uh, we provide insurance for those associations as well but that's just because we want to be deeply ingrained and known that what you do and your success matters. You shared a little bit of
0: love to the brewery and Jim Thorpe. Share some love for some of the other uh, businesses that you're helping to ensure uh, these days. Sure. And, well, and I know I, you well, can't
2: mention all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, one I'm really excited about um, actually in Maryland, it's the first Black owned uh, brewery that's starting up called Black Viking um had again the fortunate opportunity uh, that they called upon me uh to help them and so i'm super excited to support them um i'm really i love republic Restorative in in washington dc um, have a fantastic relationship with them they make great product uh serving the dc area um, locally i mean proud to support funk bond place hijinks um I'm, see this is the problem i'm gonna start naming yeah, that's and what i, mean, I said that you'd, I, I know you're gonna miss bad some bad. of them yeah
1: we're gonna get <laughs> somebody you know well you have colony from the meadery that's where Rich and I well yeah
2: that's is, you know down at
1: the oh at my gosh.
2: gosh greg and mike have been phenomenal clients super proud to support them greg is who pulled me into uh the american mead makers association that uh you know that alan was able to go to for that conference so um, we are fortunate. Five maidens on Southside, uh, a cidery, um, Red Balloon, a cidery in Hellertown. Um, firm Meadery in Texas. Um, just so fortunate to, to be involved uh, with so many great, passionate owners of craft beverage.
1: You know, and not to cut you off, Rich, I think he made a, a big point when he said Texas. I want to kind of add something. You know, when Todd first introduced this whole program. It used to be called the Mid-Atlantic Craft Beverage Program. Actually, it's gotten so large you have to get rid of the Mid-Atlantic. It's no longer the Mid-Atlantic. It is no longer you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware. It is across the country. And I want that to be out there because I think it's important. If you're out in Kansas listening to this, you're out in Wyoming, call us. With technology today, with Zoom and everything that's going, We can handle anything and everything that these people need and business owners need to make sure that their future is protected.
0: Alan, I'm glad you amplified that because with everything you do and everything you just said, you can help anyone in the United States. And all the things that we talked about earlier are things that you've either experienced, you have knowledge about, and you can help people wade through those minefields to just focus on what they do, work their skills work their breweries, just make sure that their staff is given what they need. That's what you
2: help people do. Yeah. Uh, And actually, as you said, said the staff too, you know, another important product that we provide nationally is uh, group health insurance. So Alan and I don't do that directly, but within our office um, and nationally, like I said, uh, we have staff to put together, you know, top-notch employee benefit programs Um, So if you've gotten to the point where you just want to provide that um, or need to provide it because of the numbers you've hit, that's something that within our network, we can make sure that you get what you need. We've covered a lot today on the
0: podcast. Is there anything that we may not have talked about or touched that you want to share with the listeners and make sure they know about HMK insurance and the services that you provide?
2: Um, I'll just say just big picture in terms of how you view your relationship with an agent. And if you decide that you'd like to start that relationship with us, we'd be honored. But it's this. And then I'll let Alan share um, maybe some ancillary services that we do. But that you should really consider your insurance agent a true part of your professional team, just like you would your attorney, uh, your accountant. a productive, useful insurance agent for you. And you might already be there with that person. So I'm not telling you to break up with them, but make sure that you're keeping them informed. It's the best thing you can do because what I do is try and plan ahead with you. So even when you're at the the visioning stages of, I think we're going to go to that second location. Cool. Let's talk about it because um, is it going to be different than what you're doing now? Are you introducing something new? Where is it? Is it in state, out of state? If it's New York, ugh, that's going to be a problem, but we can still get through it. There, like, we've already discussed. There are so many things to discuss and talk through and not that we want to overburden you. We just want to make sure that we're taking care of that again, rich. I think you said it so you can sleep at night. That's our job is to make sure that you feel as comfortable as you possibly can with the known world and exposures that exist, that an insurance product could be put in place for it. Um, and also there's a lot of other risk management contractual uh, issues that we can talk through too.
1: I think he hit everything, but that bit, the one I want to reinforce is that partnership. This is not home and auto insurance where you just talk to your agent once a year at renewal. We need to be involved, have those updated conversations, even just a check in. Hey, did you add any new equipment? Well, we did. We just put this new $150,000 piece of equipment and go, well, now you're underinsured. Did you think about that? But if you're having those conversations on a monthly, quarterly, whatever the need is, and you'll get that in the relationship between the business owner and ourselves, how often we need to talk and understanding the vision of the business owner. But those conversations have to happen often, even if they're five minutes, any new pieces of equipment, no, any new things that we need to be aware of, anything that's out there that's changed, no, okay. But you know, think about having a certain amount in your limit, in your insurance, and then well exceeding that with two new pieces of equipment. And there's a catastrophic loss. And we go, we didn't have you covered. We didn't know about it. Having that true, honest-to-God partnership is the key. And I I that that would be my sales pitch right there. If you're not talking to your insurance agent except once a year, he may be the greatest guy in the world or the greatest girl in the world, but now you have a friend. You don't have an insurance agent.
0: This is exactly why I was excited to have you on the podcast. Insurance is something that's so valuable, but the knowledge of insurance and where you come from, that's even more valuable. Todd, Alan, thanks so much for joining us on the Fermented Adventure podcast. Thanks for being a friend of Fermented Adventure. We can uh, we can talk insurance anytime, but uh, let's next time we do it, let's do it with a, a cocktail or a beverage in front of yeah,
2: us, okay? Next time, that would be great. Thank you, Rich. Thank you so much for having us. This is super exciting to uh, to do this. This was a pleasure.
0: Yeah, this was fun. I, I, you know, we made insurance. You guys, well, I didn't do anything. You guys made insurance sound fascinating. I love it.
1: Wow, that's a task right there. Yeah. That is, <laughs> we made it sound exciting, and we completed something today for a for an early morning. You know, it's even before lunch, and we made something fun. That's good.
0: You made it happen, Alan. You, you and Todd, you guys did it.